Hello and welcome to episode 238 of the Veg Grower podcast. My name's Richard and I like to grow food in my allotment and garden. Today is the 30th of September 2019 and coming up today, well I was invited up to Essex by my good friend Mr Lee Connolly aka the Skinny Jean Gardener and he took me on a trip to Beth Chateau Gardens and we spent a good day exploring the entire gardens there. We had quite a few thoughts on the place and things that we wanted to take away and we thought we'll share that with you a bit later on. Firstly, let's find out what I've been up to over this last week in the diary. Well, today is September the 28th, 2019 and I am inside my greenhouse at home. Now, all this week, the weather has been pretty miserable that I haven't been able to get outside really. I've been doing a bit of sorting out inside some of my sheds, a bit of tidying and organising, particularly in what I call my bakery, which is where I store a lot of my produce. Now this is just like a wooden shed on the back of my garage. Uh, It stays fairly warm in there, it's dark and well I say fairly warm throughout the winter it's frost free but it stays cool as well it's a fairly constant temperature I know that makes no sense it stays warm and stays cool but it's the ideal conditions to store food which is what I use it for and things like my garlic and my onions go in there quite happily so I've been sorting that out while it's been raining outside now today we have had some rather nice weather And I have been outside and I've done a bit of weeding and sorting things out. Now, you may remember last week I spoke about sowing uh, some ryegrass seeds as one of my green manures. They've germinated today and they weren't there yesterday, but they've sprung up today. So that is good. Uh, That means those green manures will continue to grow and uh, start fertilising that ground. I'm going to leave the cage that I have over the top the sort of wire netting if you like to protect them on for a bit longer because although they've germinated and they're sort of these shoots are about six inches high of some quite thick grass I don't think they're quite established or ready to go just yet so I'm going to leave them a little bit longer and let let them grow and hopefully that will keep the chickens off them and stop them from nibbling on it. But what's good about this is it means I can replicate this onto the next beds and get those basically covered in green manure. Now on the other beds I actually don't have a huge amount growing now. I have a a courgette plant which is coming to the end and I've not actually got any courgettes out of it this year. Or any courgettes at all really apart from one tiny one I think. And there's a couple of pepper plants, and the pepper plants are still doing good actually. So they're gonna, they're gonna grow. I've got a few peppers on them that I probably should harvest one day, but I'm not too fussed just at the moment. Now I said I'm in the greenhouse, and I've actually been spending a bit of time in here today because it's, it's getting to that time where I need to pack everything away in here. Now, I've been thinking about this quite a bit, and actually I don't need to do much weeding in here or even watering which sounds odd because I quite often do say I'm watering in here. What I mean is that this beds in here have been where I've done the no-dig method very successfully and I just keep adding compost to the top of the beds and that's suppressed all the weeds. But that's also meant that the clay underneath will hold on to any moisture from outside and wicks it through the soil. So 
it's made me really think that no dig does work for in very well in here. I don't do a huge amount of weeding, watering. I mainly do it to get the plants established, but once that's established, that's okay. On that subject of watering, you may know I do keep a, a water butt in here. Well, that's in the corner, stacked on some pallets that I've got stacked up with a smaller pallet underneath of where hedgehogs used to make their home. Now I've seen the hedgehogs out and about over the last few evenings so I know they're here but I don't think they're nestling in the greenhouse anymore. So I took apart the pallets and I've just leveled them up and tidied them up a bit and then put the water back on there. We're expecting a lot of rain tomorrow so hopefully tomorrow or over this next week I can start pumping some more water into this water bath inside the greenhouse and that should then act as like a heat store when it's sunny throughout the day it's going to capture a lot of the heat and keep the heat throughout the evening and nights so it should protect any plants that I have in here now I've still got tomato plants in here and they're still growing they're still ripening and they're doing well I've also got chili plants in here as well so there's still actually quite a bit going on in here uh, which is really nice to see and and it, it's it's yeah really this is where I'll be focusing a lot over the next few weeks because this is where everything is going to be happening well that's it for today uh, I'm hoping to get down the allotment tomorrow but the weather does not look good again Well, today is Sunday the 29th of September 2019, just on the allotment at the moment, and I've been down here for a few hours today. Now, it's been a miserable day in terms of weather. There's been uh, rain showers and wind, which um, hasn't been the most pleasant, but I came down here this morning, and I did want to sow my garlic and onions, but because of the weather, I decided not to. Oh, well, I did. I... I went round my beds uh, with the hoe and just hoed a lot of the cooch grass and the weeds on the hope that I can get rid of those. Now as I was doing that, I noticed something in one of my beds on the lower half of my pot. And it was a little red disc, about three centimetres uh, across, about half a centimetre thick. Um, and it was bright red. I picked it up and it was half sort of buried in the soil. Picked it up and I couldn't work out what it was. And in fact it was half buried. It's either somebody's potted there or an animal's potted there. I kind of snapped it in half and I have a belief that it was rat poison or mouse poison. That somebody has a pot around or pot into my bed because... Perhaps there's been rats around or something. I mean, every allotment site has rats. I've not seen anything. Um, but I do keep a close eye on that. But it could have also been a squirrel that's found it and decided to bury it. I don't know. But it was a very, very odd find. Um, we do have chickens on our allotment site, as you sometimes hear. And that, that is possibly why somebody is putting this rat poison out, because of the chickens, obviously, can attract rats. Anyway, 
I, I was I was hoeing the the beds as I said, uh, running into the greenhouse whenever it rained, and whenever I was in the greenhouse, I picked a load more tomatoes. Seem to have done really really well on tomatoes this year. Now, this has made me think that next year I don't plan to grow as many tomatoes. I've probably said that every year. Uh, I like to grow different varieties of everything, but perhaps only need one or two of each variety. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I think this year I've got about 16 tomato plants outside on the allotment, and that's just too many. Uh, I, I mean, we eat tomatoes a lot. You can hear that wind's picking up now, probably. We do eat quite a few tomatoes. It's, it's getting a shout a bit. Yeah, we do eat quite a few tomatoes, and we make pasta sauces and things like that. So they don't go to waste. But there is a point that I could actually be growing more of something else now after hoeing the beds and 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 uh tidying those up i turned my attention to my beans and i've picked all the beans that i had left on the plants and now i've cut down the beans and removed the stakes and mulched the ground that they were growing on with uh manure i've I've not had much success with beans again this year. I, I think the trouble I have with the beans is the cooch grass tends to take all the nutrients out of the ground and they don't really grow and flourish enough for them. I find them very, very difficult to weed underneath beans, but that will be something I've got to think about next year on how to make beans more successful and, and weeding underneath the beans more successful. But yeah, they've gone now and I, I just cut those off at the base and uh, th that should then leave the roots. They've, they've got little nodules that contain nitrogen. That'll get released into the soil, which should make it better for growing next year. Now, that doesn't sound like I spent, or I did a huge amount of work today, but because of rain showers and running in and out, it, it took quite a few hours to do all this. But yeah, that's what I've been doing today on the allotment. As I say, it doesn't sound a huge amount of work, but there is a fair amount to do. Uh, I've I've been looking around and I can see plans of things that I want to do over the next few weeks. So that's it for today. Um, I'm hoping to get down here a bit more during this next few few days and make the most out of it. Well, before I share our thoughts on the Beth Chateau Gardens, we have the tip of the week from the RHS Plant Grow Harvest Calendar. And this week's tip is plant winter and spring lettuce now and hardy boar beans can be sown in sheltered spots for next summer. Well, it's given me a few plans for this weekend. It'll be nice to get some seeds growing again and it's also some plants growing. Now, Beth Chateau Gardens are near Colchester in Essex and was created by Beth Chateau, just as the name suggests. Beth Chateau created these gardens as a living catalogue for the nursery she also ran. But she also created these gardens as a way of putting the right plants in the right place. Now, this gardens has five different areas with five very different conditions. Now, Lee invited me up and we spent a day exploring. And this is what we thought of the place. Well, I'm at Beth Chateau Gardens now and I'm joined by my good friend, Fado podcaster and regular guest, 
Regular, mate. Regular all the time. How are you doing? It's Lee Connolly, Skinji Gardner. Very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm good, man. I'm yeah. really good. It's been, it's been a nice day. It's nice to have you. Ah, it's always a pleasure, as always. I should explain, Lee's invited me up today, and we he's taken me on a trip around Beth's Chateau Gardens. Now, I've never been here before, and I'm absolutely blown away with these gardens. But I guess, what do you know about Beth Chateau Gardens? Right, do you know what? This is actually my only second time here, and this is the first time I've had a proper good look around. But Beth Chateau Gardens is like literally 10 minutes up the road from me. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a big thing in Colchester for uh, someone that wanted to, Beth Chateau wanted to show how plants can be grown in different types of conditions. I and mean, that's sort of what we've got here, yeah. which is really quite interesting. So it's been interesting for us to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've we've been wandering around all day. We've been taking lots of photos, a lot of videos and really exploring the place here haven't we um so let's just explain what we got here so there's four different areas i guess it would be the the right way to describe it as we enter there's a dry area which you don't actually have to pay to get in Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot of aloe vera plants a lot of tropical plants around there and then once we enter we come down to what they call the wet gardens which there is a several series of ponds linked together with a little river and again lots of gunnera lots of bamboo and kind of wet loving plants and then we went up to like a, a drier a raised area called reservoir garden it's a large load of island gardens it's probably the best way to describe yeah. it, isn't it and in there we saw a lot of agapanthus and a lot of red hot pokers um and then there was a woodland walk as well which shaded areas mm-hmm. and then there was her back garden as well on, onto a house uh, and then next to this entire garden, and part of it, and we're stood in the area now, is the nurseries. Yeah. And this, for me, is something I've really taken away from this. The nurseries sell plants that they are growing on the site. And we've said time and time again, it's something we've liked, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like I say, like Beth Chattu made this garden to show that there's four different areas, four different conditions that plants can grow in. So whatever your garden's like, you can come here, see how they're planted up, and then just come away and be able to buy the plants, which I think is is such a good idea. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that's how many places should be working now, that we can see what we're buying and we can see what we're doing. Now, this is the Veg Grower Podcast, and, and my main thing is about growing veg. I do get a bit disappointed when I don't see veg growing at these sort of gardens, but today there was a small area... That was a veg patch. Mm-hmm. There was a little message there saying that Beth Chateau loved growing her veg. So I think it could have done with being a bit bigger, personally. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think, um, you know, it's known for these four different conditions, but veg is such a big thing. And for Beth, obviously, it's a quite a big thing as well. So the one thing we could say could be improved, and especially for us, because we love grow your own, do you know what I mean? So obviously we're going to be biased and say we want to see more of it. Yeah. But definitely that area could be improved or just made more of a thing of. Yeah, I think so, because people do grow your own. We do. And for me, that's always a highlight. It's the one thing I make a beeline for whenever I'm at a garden that I know has a vegetable garden to it. it it's my favourite part. I don't know if that's just me being um, pernickety or obsessive, possibly, but it's what I like to see. 
some of my favourite, obviously Westing Gardens, I've said time and time again, and that's got a huge vegetable garden. Uh, there was a, another garden, Audley End House, which is in Saffron Warden. That has got a huge vegetable garden as well. And so it can be done. It yeah. does exist. It'd be, it'd be really quite interesting as well to see how some of these plants could be mixed in with a, uh, an allotment or a veg garden. Do you know what I mean? Like, because veg gardens can be productive, but at the same time can be beautiful at the same, same thing. So be interested to see how some of these plants could intertwine with that. Oh, absolutely. And there's a lot of edible plants that people don't know are edible. In fact, at the moment, because we are in like a polytunnel, and this is for shaded plants, we're stood next to some hostas and some ferns. Mm -hmm. There are varieties of hostas and varieties of ferns that are edible. Is there? I didn't know. I actually didn't know that. It exists. The the ferns are an ostrich type, and you've got to get them when they're young. And I believe the hostas you have to get when they're young. Now, most people buy them for ornamental reasons and completely see why I quite like them. But if they're edible as well, surely, for me, I would like to see more of that. I'm, I'm trying to buy some of these edible varieties and I can't seem to find them right. unless they're in seed form. And that was a big thing with James Wong recently. He'd done his Grow Your Own Revolution. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, Many yeah. years ago. Uh, he would grow stuff that he thought was edible but not often grown. And that was a big thing. I think that's where I got a lot of my information on these type of things. Oh, really? But do you know one thing also we saw was that thyme as well that was like used for ground cover? Yes, yes. There was an area in the dry area where they have thyme. And I spoke about this years and years ago when I tried growing it. Uh, thyme is used as a, like an edible lawn or ground cover. It's called creeping thyme. Yeah. Um, and we saw that and you, you never knew... You could do that with time, did you? No, I think it's a really interesting thing. I mean, I'm going to try it now in my own garden. There you go, taking away ideas, which is always good. But, um, but yeah, anything like that is, is brilliant. Yeah, um, and when I tried growing it, I wanted it as like an edible lawn, somewhere I could walk across, because I only visited my allotment once a week then. So walking across it once a week was not going to do it any harm. Mm -hmm. uh, and the idea was to have a little bench on the end, so you could sit under that with the time. Uh, what was... There was something else, and I can't remember what it was. It was in that same bracket. I'll add it to the show notes. <laughs> of <course. laughs> um, And the idea was you could just walk across that and treat it like a lawn, but it's edible. Yeah. And that, for me, is what we, I'd like to take away from these places, learning more stuff that is edible that we can grow in our own gardens that look ornamental. What other sort of things have you took away from, from today's visit? Um, I, well... I've got a thing about agapanthus at the moment, and I'm spotting that a lot more. And I think I've pointed it out to you, and there was I'll a lot of agapanthus. No. <laughs> um, and, it, uh, and the red hot pokers, which I also have at home. Which are beautiful. Which are, they are, aren't they? But I'm trying to work out how I can implement them into my own garden, being that I want everything edible in my garden. But yeah. those two things aren't. But because I've got an affinity for them, I'm going to have to think... I'm going to have to pot those into like a potager area or something that doesn't get rid of them but implements them. Yeah. There was another agapanthus that I saw as well called Back in Black. Right. Um, now I like that because it's called Back in Black and it's after one of my favourite ACDC songs. <laughs> oh God's sake. <laughs> Mate, that cannot be the only reason you like it. <laughs> what can I say? I'm a sucker for 80s music. Um yeah, so that's what I'm taking away. Um, 
the educational side, because there is an educational school here we discovered, and that was a big thing that Beth Chateau would produce as well. For me, I feel that's the legacy that I do with the podcast, and I want to take that away and think about that a bit more. Uh, And in fact, while we were stood by the vegetable patch, you noted the nasturtiums, and you had thoughts on that, weren't you? Yeah, exactly. That was quite interesting. Like We we talked, um, obviously, edible, which is really great, also, you said about the aphids stopping aphids coming That's for the, right. the beans, yeah. which they applied right next to the, the runner beans, which was quite yeah. uh, obvious. <laughs> but yeah, the, them sort of things, I, I I massively think that they that, that just needs to be made bigger, a bigger thing of, especially for us, grow your own, yeah. uh, what do we call ourselves? Uh, grow your own freaks is the one word, isn't it? But heroes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we want to see more of that, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's interesting because when we saw the nasturtiums next to the beans, you obviously knew something, but you, you couldn't quite work it out. And you just said to me, well, what's, what's that do? And I knew, but it wasn't written. Or so perhaps there's something there. And I don't want to be criticising this garden at all. But, you grow your own criticising. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something about... The information is out there about... Yeah. Um, why grow things next to each other but what does what but that wasn't evidence here no the big, the, I think out of, out of all of this is we've, we've both talked quite a lot about garden centres and the way um, they're laid out and what we've got massively from this is that we've gone around a garden which if we spot something in it we can go and buy it and I think that's, a massive, that's the biggest takeaway for me industry wise that today yeah. today's been yeah we we've actually said that quite a lot as we've been walking around uh for those that don't know lee and i have been running a, an investigation on a on his podcast skinny gin gardener about garden centers and how we feel garden centers are becoming obsolete and we don't we don't like saying that because we don't want to see the end of garden centers but at the same time we feel garden centers need to move with times now here We've had to pay to get in to visit these gardens, which that's fine. Got no problem with that. We've wandered around, and we've had a look, and we've seen plants that we like. And then the nurseries, the nursery here is as big as a garden centre, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. And everything's grown here, which is well, obviously going to be be the way, I suppose. Yeah. So the the people on site are growing these plants to sell or use in the gardens. So you can probably ask the people that you see working around for a bit of advice. They are selling the, the, the plants next door. Mm-hmm. And actually, they're not badly priced here either, I don't think. It's not too bad. You know, there's a hosta just there, £6.50. That's not a bad price for hosta. So, and I've I said on, that, on our investigation, I feel garden centres need to be more like Ikea. Yeah. And this is what I kind of meant. Because it doesn't, okay, it doesn't feel like we walked around Ikea, but we walked around a garden we can see what we want to buy and we can go ahead and buy that. It's a bit like watching a, a gardening programme, isn't it? You watch a gardening programme, you see a plant you like, and it's like, well, where do I get that from? And do you just get, like, a shrug? Here, you're walking around the garden, saying, oh, I quite like that, that go nice in the, in the corner. You just come up and go and buy one, and off you go, and into the ground it goes at your own home. So I think, and also at the same time, you've got all the different conditions to plant. You've got a shady area. You've literally in this little nursery bit, you've got a whole area. We're in it. This is the, this is the shady, shady bit. It's, it's so easily um, planned out yeah. that you can't really get it wrong. And also, 
we talk a lot about um, people that aren't into gardening or or enjoy like say say I always use my mate Jason as an example because he's not he's not a gardener but he enjoys gardens. So if he come here, he'd have a look around, enjoy the gardens, and it would be so easy for him to say, well, my my garden's actually got quite dry. So I'll go to the dry area. I can pick the plants that will fit my garden easily. And that's what you want. You want people that are non-gardeners to easily be able to make it accessible. That's what it's about, isn't it? And that's exactly what Beth Chateau has done. And you've got the people who work here who... We've, we've not bumped into too many of them today because it's a, a weekday, I suppose. I suppose because we're more busy at the weekends. But they're so knowledgeable about everything. Yeah. And they, they're passionate about it because they want to carry on Beth Chateau's legacy, basically, which is an amazing thing. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing that I like is that the people working here are gardeners. Mm. They work in the garden and they're working in the shop. And the other thing that I really liked about this place, I just remembered, and it was quite a key thing. We had lunch here. Oh, yes. and Thank you, by the way. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the food that we ate, the vegetables were grown here. And I think that is also a really nice touch to this sort of garden trip. Yeah. And what I mean is I had a, a charred quiche. I can't remember what else was in it. But the menu said, this is all from the garden. That is just worth its weight in gold. Why aren't more restaurants in garden centres using the stuff that they're growing? That's true, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd much, I mean actually, it's a pretty reasonable price here, but yeah. I'd much rather spend more on something that's been grown in their place you're at do you know what I mean then then something that's just been brought in and doesn't really mean much there's a story behind it do you know what I mean here there's you've got it being grown on site so there's a story behind where that veg or whatever's been been grown yeah that's what I feel that means more when you eat it I mean don't it tastes fantastic but it means more if you're you're eating something that's grown here yeah, and you can walk out from having your lunch and go see where it was growing. That's it, yeah. And then you can, if you ask one of the staff, probably find out how they grow it. Yeah. And actually, that's an interesting thing for getting more people to grow your own. I've always said I like to cook for when people come round, and I like to use what I'm growing in my garden. And people are suddenly, wow, that tasted really good. That's when the que- that's when the questions come, isn't it? If you yeah. if you're cooking something that you've you've grown. That's then people again going back to my mate Jason, who's not into gardening. He's going to ask questions about it. He was going to want to go and grow it himself. You know, gets people into gardening. That's what it's about. Absolutely, absolutely. So we've taken away from this that we've kind of designed our own vegetable garden, show garden, but at the same time we've we've built a garden centre and uh, into it and a restaurant. I think exactly. I think out of everything, I think. Um, how much was it getting? About eight pounds, yeah, something. About which I think, to be fair, is pretty reasonable. Yeah. For we've had a nice day out together, yeah. and it's been good. I've, and you've, we've learnt a bit as well at the same time. And we've obviously like all the benefits that we've just talked about. I, I really like. I like. I'm going to say I like Beth Chow because it's up the road for me. Do you know what I mean? But it's a local thing. But I think it's a good place to come and check out. And I'm sorry if I'm going to ramble on. No, 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 that's fine. But it's one of them uh, places which it feels like. Everyone that works here, like I said, they want to—they're passionate about carrying on Beth's legacy, about the garden, which I think is fantastic. Which means they're really quite approachable. If you ask anything about any of, of the plants, they're going to know how they're grown, where where they're grown. That's nice when you come to to something like this, where there's so much knowledge going about, and it's easy to 
to question stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think we have gone around that as far as we can really go. So <laughs> thank you very much for joining me today and thank you very much for bringing me to this fantastic garden. Yeah, thank you, mate. It's been fun. I had a nice day. Well, that is what we thought of these gardens. But if you've visited, I would love to know what your thoughts of the gardens are. But also, if you plan to visit in the future, please let me know what you thought too. Now, you can contact us via a comment on the blog post at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk or email me richard at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can contact us through social media. Just look for The Veg Grower Podcast. Now, during that conversation, I did mention about edible lawns, of which Creeping Time was, was featured. Now, I did say there was other plants that could be used, and these could be Creeping Rosemary or Oregano. And they can also be used as ground cover or as an edible lawn. And I did have an edible lawn on my old allotment using these plants. And that was a way of making more edibles out of a limited space. But these plants could only handle the occasional person walking across them. But after seeing these again at Beth Chateau Gardens, it's got me thinking about doing this again because I really like the idea of this. Anyway, that's it for today. Thank you to Lee for joining me in this podcast and please check out his podcast at Skinny Jean Gardener. More importantly, thank you for listening and your support. Now, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review and rating at your podcast directory, such as iTunes. But for this week, please take care and I'll speak to you again next time. Thank you.